Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge podcast. Joined today, he's the CEO and founder of Elevate Media Group and podcast host. It's Chris Anderson. How are you doing today, Chris? Hey, Alex. Doing great, man. We're doing, today? doing good. We're so excited to have you on the show to talk about your Rise to the Challenge. What we like to do with all of our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what you like doing growing up. Sure, yeah. So from the middle of uh, cornfields in Indiana, uh, what I loved doing growing up was you know being outside going on adventures, what what were adventures in my mind, you know, going out in the woods and running around the yard and the fields uh, and just exploring and just uh, doing my own thing, using my imagination to create, you know, these scenarios that I was going to play in, pretending, you know, I was James Bond, Indiana Jones, <laughs> superhero, whatever it was, um, and uh, just really enjoyed it, running around. We lived in a small town uh, that was, you know, felt safe, felt good, uh, so I could, I literally ran around town, so a couple of miles uh, to the fairgrounds once I could ride a bike things like that um and then yeah just enjoyed you know having those adventures growing up in a small town you talked about it being safe did you enjoy from a younger age that kind of closeness where like kind of everyone knew you or people knew each other and you kind of could go to them if you needed anything yeah 100 percent. I think uh it was a really neat neat time and place to grow up uh, like I said, once we were able to stay at home by ourselves and things like that, like we built that trust and we were of, of old enough age, you know, I could just, I could walk, I could go run to a friend's house. I could ride a bike to a friend's house and, uh, knowing the majority of people there, people knowing my family, uh, it's almost like you always had someone watching out for you, uh, and someone to go to if you needed, uh, anything. And so, yeah, I, I, I truly enjoyed it. It was something really special uh, about that. And, yeah, I think I think it really helped me expand and, you know, build confidence as well myself, you know, going out there on your own technically as a kid, even though, you know, parents knew where you're going, parents knew people knew who you were and what you were doing. Uh, but as a kid, like, man, I'm, you know, I'm <laughs> going out on my own and being able to do this and building that responsibility and, and having that trust from my parents was real, was really cool. See, that's the complete opposite for me. As I yeah. grew up in a city, like okay. lots of houses, lots of families and stuff, it's like you go like a few miles and your parents are like, which direction did you just go? <laughs> like, did you go that way, that way? And you, for me, I had to stay kind of in the vicinity, but I didn't have that kind of knowledge of the other families, the other households like you had where those small towns are so kind of like one big family in a way where for me, it's like, who are you? Have I met you before in a way? Like, you know, like your neighbors, but I think that's something that I think those skills over time help you as you're getting older. Talk about, was there anyone in your life that was a big inspiration or motivation for you? Someone that kind of like wanted you to go out and live your dreams. You know, my brother, I'm older brother is definitely a mentor, inspiration, um, quote unquote cheerleader, you know, giving me that encouragement along the way, helping trying to speak into my life as I grew up of like, you know, what to, what to do and how to experience life and, and how to take steps as you grow. My dad, you know, and my mom, both, you know, just instilled hard work, treating people right. Uh, even when things are tough. And so I think I, I was truly blessed growing up with uh, great siblings. I have an older sister and a younger sister as well. And they're all, you know, they all did their thing and, you know, so I, I kind of gleaned courage from them and 
you know, gave me motivation to continue and eventually do my own thing. And, um, you know, my grandparents always super loving, uh, instilled like more faith, uh, in me as well. Uh, that's a big part of my journey. My story is just facing in God and Jesus and things. And so like growing up with them and being able to learn from them and spend time with them, uh, was awesome. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of great close, you know, mentors and, and motivators in my life, thankfully. Is there something that your brother has told you from younger you that you still utilize today? Any like phrases, any kind of encouragement, any kind of mindset skills? Yeah, you know, I, I feel like he gleaned a lot of his perspective from Rocky Balboa uh, <laughs> growing up. He's an 80s kid and, um, you know, life's going to knock you down. It's going to beat you up sometimes. That's part of it. But you got to know what you're fighting for so you can get back up. Um, and just keep moving forward. Um, and you're going to get handed losses sometimes, uh, but, but never, never keep moving forward, you know, crawl, walk, whatever it is, run, just keep, keep yeah. type, taking those steps forward. So you talked about how you and your siblings had your own thing that you guys were out doing. What was that for you as you're getting older? Did you find that passion in one specific area or something that was interest for you? Yeah, for me, you know, I always, always had uh, the heart or the, the idea that I want to just help people, uh, and that's what got me in athletic training. So athletics, I was always in athletics growing up, and you know, had some in- injuries, and our athletic trainer really helped me. It's like that's cool, you know. I love sports. I love helping people. Let's combine them. That's what I'll do. So I went that route. Then I realized, um, I. I I'm stubborn and my wife would attest to that. I'm stubborn and I don't necessarily like being told what to do. I'll listen, um, but I'm not a big fan of that. And so like finding eventually that like for me being in a nine to five job, I got tired of people telling me what my time was worth, like how much money I could make, uh, what I could do with my time and when I could take time off. Hmm. And it just got to the point where, and I started also like learning a lot about personal development, business development, and it got to the point where I was like, life's short, life is precious. You know, I can do more. I, I can still help people in a different way, but also create a life that I, you know, enjoy um, and do it for us and, and not somebody else. So um, that's kind of kind of been me in a nutshell, I guess. You talk about athletic training. What were those injuries that you um, took upon and sure. dealt with? Yeah. So I had my a good fair share of them, you know, uh, pulling I had like a grade three um uh, hamstring uh, tear cool. uh at one point I had a really really bad bout of turf toe which you think of turf toe you're like oh that's nothing it's your toe man I tell you what that 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 hurt real bad when you have to run and push off and do corner kicks and things like that um and then I actually uh, thought I re-injured uh, my hamstring and stuff um, because of the pain I was having in my legs, but it, t- it turned out to be after high school found out, I graduated, found out, Hey, you have a broken vertebrae. <laughs> oh, um, so it's just kind of floating around in its spot. And uh, that's why you're having all these nerves issues when you stand and, and sit for not long after that. And so, you know, I actually had spinal fusion surgery coming out of high school that summer after I graduated high school, before I went to college, had spinal fusion surgery. Uh, so that was a big one. I mean, I've, I've separated, uh, my sternum and collarbone here on my right side, which doesn't usually happen. Usually you break your collarbone before that ligament and um, ruptures because it's a thicker ligament. I somehow just happened to 
rupture that one and tear, tear that one instead of breaking my collarbone. I separated this shoulder uh, on the outside, AC joint from the shoulder in the, the other end of the clavicle. Um, so I messed up that. I have, I, uh, you know, basically I had someone come around and push me at practice and put their hand here and it just popped all down my sternum. So I have a lot of issues with like cartilage there uh, with popping and things, uh, you know, broke ribs, severely bruised ribs. Um, yeah, just, a, just a lot of, a lot of bumps and bruises. With all those injuries, did it ever play an effect mentally with you? Did it kind of lead you with mindset, um, struggling with that and kind of where do I go next because of all those injuries? Um, not necessarily where do I go next. It just kind of pissed me off a little bit because I couldn't do what I was used to. Um, but I think it helped me, you know, battle through um, mm-hmm. and get get back to normal. I mean, from the hamstring, hamstring was crazy because I had a – I had played enough with it that when I actually healed, I had to relearn how to run, like literally practice. I would go out. And so my brother was also the assistant coach. He's like, dude, just go, go learn how to run again. Cause I was still running with a limp, even though I had no pain and no injury. Um, and so I had to physically go out and like tell myself, lift your leg up, lift and, and plant instead of like hobbling. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was just a big battle mentally just, to keep going, I guess. But I, I was again, stubborn and determined, like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to get back. Um, so it just, I think it helped me get stronger mentally. Um, same with the back, you know, I literally, I went to surgery. I was like, I come out, I could come out of this paralyzed. Um, you know, I could die in surgery cause it happens to people, you know, or I could come yeah. out, it's fixed and I got to figure it all out again. Um, so like, you know, just prepared for whatever. So I think it's really helped me build a, a stronger mental mindset. And now, you know, I go, uh, I sign up for marathons with the intent to train and get ready for, and I end up not doing it. And I just go out and run a marathon uh, to basically just battle my mindset. Uh, so, yeah. Did it ever kind of have, you kind of talked about how you were determined to get back onto the field and kind of still be what you enjoyed doing. Was there ever that moment where you're like, maybe I shouldn't do this because of the possibility of re-injury? And we kind of hear athletes talk about that, where they go through ACL injuries, big Tommy John surgeries, and they're like, I don't know if I want to even try this again. Did that ever play an effect or that kind of mindset of, I'm going to go battle back. I'm going to get back out there. For me, thankfully, you know, I didn't necessarily have that. I was just, you know, I'm getting back out there. That's, that was my mind. I'm getting back out there. I'm going to go. Maybe I'm not 100%. Whatever. I'll be good. Um, and I mean, same with my back surgery. So I had back surgery. The next day, they have you walking um, mm-hmm. after spinal fusion. And it's about a six-month recovery window. So I had that six months. Literally, the day I got cleared, fully cleared from the spinal fusion surgery, I played intramural soccer that night. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I, I trucked a guy. Like I say, I trucked a guy. We ran in each We ran into each other. He fell down, um, and I was like, okay, my back's good. And then that was probably the only moment I ever thought about, like, the injury, uh, and then I just kept playing, so. You talked about how you don't like the kind of the nine-to-five job. Where was the breaking point when it came to that, where you're like, I need to know that next chapter is coming now? Yeah, so a lot of it was, so my last job before I quit to go full-time in entrepreneurship was, you know, 
I was doing all this stuff. I was doing extra stuff to try to better the organization and, and the program. And, you know, kept getting, hey, yeah, we're going to move you up. We're going to promote you. You're going to get a different, like a new position uh, in the ranks. And I was like, cool. That, I mean, great, you know. Um, and that went on for a while. And I was like, okay, I, I, like either tell me it's going to be a long time or tell me like, like actually do it. Like, don't just feed me, feed me a bunch yeah. of words. Like, I don't care one way or the other. Just let me know the actual truth. So I kind of get a little bit like, like eh, they're probably not going to actually do this. And if they are, it's probably gonna be a long time from now. Uh, and then I, we had in the, in a year, my last grandma, uh, my last grandparent die. Um, in the spring and in the fall, my wife lost her last three remaining grandparents uh, a month apart. And the actually two um, died the same week. They were married. They died in the same week. Um, and so I had used bereavement for the first two and I had all my PTOs because the, the, her grandparents were having at the end of the year. And so they were like, Hey, you know, cause I said, I'm going to, I'm going down to this funeral. My, my wife lost her last two grandparents now. Like, well, you've used all your bereavement. You've got all your uh, PTO scheduled. You don't have any more of that. You can't use sick days. So you can't go. Or if you go, it'll be like, you're not going to get paid for the time time off. And I'm like, I'm going down there. I don't, you can fire. I don't, like, it doesn't matter to me. I'm going down there to support my wife and family. Um, and that was kind of the last one. I was like, I'm just a number. Like, and I, again, I don't, my time for someone to tell me I can't do something with my time to support my family yeah, because I don't have time off. I was like, nah, this is not for me. And at the same time, I was really getting heavy into, you know, personal uh, and personal development and professional, like, you know, entrepreneurship stuff. I was like, there's more out there. I can do something. I, I can do it. And so those thoughts all started percolating up in the old noggin. And, um, you know, that was all in 2000. 20 uh 2020 when was that 2019 i think it was the two i think it was 2019 february 2020 went to a conference called my wife on the way home it was up in canada we're in indiana say i think i'm supposed to quit my job i just feel really called to to you know to do something different she's like uh let's let's take a step back she's a math teacher very analytical a plus b does not equal c in this situation i was like hey no worries so and then password april 2020 i quit my job but yeah i just that was, that's kind of what led me there. And it's kind of the thinking of when you leave or if you did that career or that job, they still keep going without you. Yeah. Like you yeah. think about all the jobs that we, people have had in the past and mm-hmm. it's been the last job I was at, it's been two years and it's like, they're still going like yeah. me yeah. leaving for me to be happy or me to be where I want to be that's more important than being in a job that you're not wanting to be at. And it sounds like for you, that was what the path was led for you. Yeah. And, and, and everything like that, that organization, that job was great. There's nothing wrong. It's a business. I understand. And so I know they have their rules and they have everything. And so I get it completely. I'm not, it's nothing to get, but for me personally, like from my perspective, that's what triggered it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it's an amazing organization. Uh, they, they care about their people. Um, but I was still a number like they're, yeah. they're replacing me, and that's part of it. If I lose someone on my team, I'm going to replace them. Like it doesn't mean I care about them less, but I also have a job to run so I can continue to support people. Um, and so, yeah, like, and if you're in a job, like that's cool. Like nine to five is, is for majority of people. And that's great. You can still build something on the side. You can still improve. You can still have more people. Even in a nine to five, it's just, 
just everything that led to that moment just for me that's what it it led to so um yeah it's just you got to figure out for you and don't don't think though that you're in a comfortable safe job just because you're in a 9 to 5 because again blink an eye you know you could be replaced let go and got to start over so you talked about quitting your job at kind of one of the biggest moments in the last few years of yeah. what we've all been going through with the pandemic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if we can still say pandemic now, but at that time, it was a, it's the start of it. Yep. Yeah, it, it was the exact, it was in Indiana. So I gave my four week notice in April, beginning of April, I gave them four weeks. So I gave them all of April before I was going to, for they could find someone new and, and replace me. Two weeks into that, COVID hit here in Indiana hard and I got furloughed for the last two weeks. So I didn't even get paid or work anyways. So like, that's when I started. (laughs) With that furlough period, did it get you kind of thinking about that entrepreneurship even more and kind of like where the direction you wanted to go? Um, a little bit. So like, and I, and I say that the week before I got furloughed, we were working from home anyways. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I like starting to, to toy with the idea, but I was like, well, I got furloughed, I guess this was supposed to happen anyways. So, um, and, and I'd already been kind of thinking about it, planning it. Um, cause I knew I was going to do it. And so, yeah, I just kind of solidified, like, this is it. Like, this is, you know, I always talk about burning my boats, like burn the boats, no, no route of escape, no plan B. Like this is what's happening. Um, and that's kind of what it was. Talk about that next chapter, that next direction, what was it going through your mind? What was the concept and where did it lead to? Yeah, uh, there is so much. Um, <laughs> did I make a mistake? <laughs> is this truly what I was supposed to do? How am I going to do this? Hey, money's running short. What are we going to do? Like everything. Because um, at the time, it was just me and my wife. We didn't have kids yet. Uh, and it was just, I didn't really have a plan. Like, I didn't have a business plan. I had an idea of what I wanted to do. And that idea was a failure. <laughs> it failed. Uh, that first go about, uh, it wasn't until 2021 that elevate media group. I started that, uh, and that's been growing ever since, but yeah, I mean, it was a lot of trial and error, a lot of learning, like crash course <laughs> type, type learning. Um, and yeah, getting my ego out of the way was a big one, uh, because I wanted to do that. The first thing I wanted to coach, you know, mm-hmm. but how could I coach if I had actually done it? Um, I just saw that's what other people were doing and being success, successful. And I was like, okay, I can guide people in that. But I wasn't even a chapter ahead of them yet. Um, I, I wasn't even a level ahead. So um, I think internally, just my conscious conscience and everything was like, dude, you know, not the right time for this. And so uh, that was a big one. Just getting my pride and ego like, okay, yeah, I can't do that because I haven't done it. Mm-hmm. Here's what is working for me right now. Can we, should we lean into that? And I, I truly believe that was God saying like, dude, get out of the way. Like I got it for you. You just got to get yourself out of the way. So what were you wanting to coach in? Was there a specific industry, specific business type? Um, no. And that was probably another issue. It wasn't really super specific. It was, um, I wanted to help other people start their businesses. I was like, okay, you know, I got it. I got my LC. I did all the little things, but I hadn't actually like brought in clients with it and all that. So I wanted to help because I, I love the fact and the idea and I still do of building a business and growing personally and professionally all together. Um, and maybe that'll be something I, you know, do one day, but that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to help those who are just starting out. Um, and that's why I started the podcast back in 2019. 
was so I can interview guests and learn from them so I could figure it out and also share that with other people. Um, the podcast has stayed same structured name change when I started Elevate Media Group, but um, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. It just, it just wasn't the right time or moment because of my experience in it. With the podcasting, did you have any experience with speaking on camera, on audio, anything like that to prepare yourself for it? Or it was it kind of, a, you just went for it because yeah. it was an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So I hadn't done any uh, speaking camera in person uh, and I did video from the, from the start. So I hadn't been on camera doing anything. Uh, Lewis Howe School of Greatness is a podcast I started listening to that really got all these ideas going that branched out to other people that I listened to from that. And I said, okay, Luce is doing this. He's got his program. Granted, he's been doing it probably five years when I first started listening to him. So he's had experience to, to lead people in this way. But I was like, okay, he's doing it. There's possibility out there. And I see the possibility of this. I see the possibility of being on video first over mm-hmm. just audio. And so, I, yeah, I just kind of jumped in it. I just jumped into it. And that's kind of like, I guess that's the kind of, uh, you know, shoot first, aim later kind of thing in my life. That's kind of <laughs> what I do. Uh, like I mentioned, I, I run podcasts without really training because, you know, why not? Why not torture yourself for 26.2 miles? Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, podcasting just kind of did the same thing, just jumped into it. And I always tell people, I'm like, go back. My first episodes are still on there when it was called Pencil Leadership. Like, they're terrible. My guests aren't bad. I was terrible. <laughs> my camera was awful. I was wearing kid headphones, like literally youth headphones uh, with my webcam. Didn't know anything about lighting. It was there. It was awful. It was bad. I was reading questions to ask like literally robotic. Okay. Not even listening to the person talking and going like, they were terrible. They're awful. Like, I don't know how we grew. I mean, I got better. I I still don't understand how we got into the top 2% and where we are charted and stuff like that. Like still blows my mind, but yeah, like I, I was terrible, but I just started and I've grown so much and we've improved so much along the way. You talked about jumping in. I started mine right when the pandemic happened because I went through furlough for my company. I'm like, I need something to do. (laughs) Like, I need a project. I did YouTube videos when I was younger and I'm thinking, oh, I can make the transition and stuff. But you talked about looking back at the first episode and I'm three years, three and a half years in. And I look at that. I listen to that first episode. I'm like, what was I even doing back then? (laughs) And you look at where I'm at now and it's kind of like, you grow. It's basically a video audio way of seeing your growth in an industry that without you saying, am I hitting this marker? How am I on camera? You have vi- visual proof of how you are growing with it. What's the biggest skill podcasting has taught you about yourself? Um, taught me about myself. It helped me be a better listener um, is a big one. And it's it's kept me humble, I think, uh, as well, because you know, I'm learning from people all over with you know, all sorts of creeds, races, like everything. And so I, I get to listen and take things away from everyone that I talk to, no matter if we agree on things or don't agree on things. And so that's been a, that's been a neat thing that I've been able to improve upon. And I think it's helped me. I've always talked to people pretty well, like pretty easily, new people. I feel like I can connect to people and keep it laid back, relaxed, and let people kind of put their guard down a little. So I think it's improved that aspect of a skill I've had. So 
Is there a guest that you've had that there was a message that they said that kind of connected with you or maybe your audience that it really connected with? Oh, yeah. There, I mean, there's been so many. Um, we've had so many great, great guests with some great messages and experiences that they've shared. Like I, to pinpoint one would be hard. Um, yeah, we've had, we've had so many truly, uh, really great messages and stories come out. Uh, from the Elevate Media podcast, for sure. Let's go into Elevate Media Group and talk about what's the big mission for that company and what has been the proudest moment from it for you? Yeah, our big mission is just to reach and help brands and businesses understand that their story truly matters. I think it kind of goes back to that and being able to kind of elevate them and their story through video production, because I think everyone has a story and everything, everyone's story matters. And mm-hmm. able to come alongside those and get those out there uh, is really a cool, a cool thing we get to play kind of in the background. So, I mean, one in particular, you know, we work in an organization that they're, they work on helping people who have been through really bad traumas, uh, who have almost been aborted. So people who, either survived an abortion attempt or they were going to be aborted and and their parents chose not to at the last second or crazy things like that, as well as other traumas. They speak to those individuals and they share the host shares their story of, of that. And so being able to, you know, work alongside them and create content and video work for them so they can share that so they can help people heal is a really cool thing. Has starting this business played an effect mixing your personal life and professional life, getting a company up and going. It's a lot of hours. It's a lot of time. Did it ever take an effect for you or were you able to balance both sides? Yeah, no, to me, uh, there's no balance. Uh, I, I say harmony uh, because of what you said of there is a lot of hours and, you know, um, you've got to prioritize everything. And so you got to, you got to find that harmony. So maybe it's a little less sleep than you're used to, uh, to be able to spend time with family, but still get things done. And and so, yeah, I don't, it kind of just all kind of flows together, but you have to make sure you have those guardrails and barriers up when it's family time, it's family time. Uh, when it's work, it's work. And sometimes they, they harmonize. Sometimes I'm doing work while I'm watching my kids during the day. Cause you know, uh, on the days that I don't send them to my mom, you know, I still have to get, st- I still have st- stuff I need to get done, but I'm still able to be present with them. Um, you know, they might be playing and I am doing some emails and I shut that and I can focus. So it's, a, it's just like a harmony. You got to figure out what works for you and, and uh, tailor your schedule the best you can uh, to do that. So uh, for me, there's no real balance because that means something might have more priority over the other uh, or you're giving less time to something and more to the other to make it balanced. So harmony is kind of how I look at it. Earlier in the episode, you talked about having that full control of your time and how working that nine to five, it was taking the time away from you. Looking at the at that statement, do you feel that you're fulfilling that requirement that you have for yourself where you're fulfilling the time that you want? You're able to do the things you want to do, but still enjoy the things that you like to do also. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know. When I was in the nine to five, it's like I'm working so hard, 
Like I'm doing my absolute best. I'm trying to improve that and, and go above and beyond just because that's who I am. Not that I'm better than anyone. That's just, you know, my, my mentality and I'm doing it for someone else. You know, uh, I'm doing a great job. Like I won an award uh, for the company and, you know, I'm like, why can't I do this for me? Like, why can't I just work this hard for me and build something of my own that I can pass down? I can offer to, you know, kids and grandkids and things like that. So if I'm putting all this work anyways, if I'm spending all these hours doing something for someone else, why not just do it for myself? So, yeah. And it's, it's, it's nice because, you know, right now in Indiana, we don't necessarily want to, but because of the weather, but <laughs> like, you know, maybe tomorrow, you know, I'll go golf in the morning. Like, you know, just decide to go golf or like, I'll take the kids and we'll go to lunch. We'll just go hang out Panera or something and get lunch or, you know, if I get, we get ahead on stuff and I, I'll just say, Hey, you know, kid day, what do we want to do? We want to go to the zoo. What do we want to do? And so having that freedom and flexibility, um, is definitely worth it for sure. Where do you see next for Elevate Media Group? Is there that vision on expanding what kind of things you do within the company or where the direction goes? What do you have that fun vision at? Yeah, sure. So we're actually kind of in that moment right now where we, we've started focusing just on video podcast editing uh, and, and we were doing great in that. And then we started to improve and we started to invest into bigger and better equipment then now we do in in person production. So, you know, we can go on site and record brand stories for businesses. We can do interviews, course videos, um, and then take that and and do you know talking head for social media and break it down. So not now we're we're doing more than just getting files from people and editing them, but we're actually going and creating uh, for these brands, businesses, individuals, and again providing their story in different ways. So. Uh, we're expanding into that aspect. So we've got kind of three tiers under Elevate Media Group. Now we have Elevate Podcast, which is video podcast editing. We have uh, Elevate Productions, which is your business promos, your business reels, your business like brand stories, commercials, uh, interview type stuff, documentary type uh, interviews. And we have Elevate Events, uh, which is like uh, weddings. So we brought someone on the team who's super, super awesome at weddings um parties conferences things like that uh so we're that's kind of the next stage is just building out these these tiers uh getting them you know to that that 10k or uh more months now on these two new ones and just continue to to scale those um continue to be able to support the people on the team and yeah i would love to get to the point where we're also sponsoring some organizations at a higher level uh that'd be fun we haven't dialed in on which organizations yet but be able to give back in that way uh, would be cool so with a lot of companies that maybe do similar things that you do what's the biggest if you had to describe what's your advantage than those other companies what do you specialize in when it comes to that um we specialize at our turnaround and the quality at which we do things. So we might not be the cheapest out there, uh, but you know, the, the time frame which we can turn around projects and at a, at a high quality at a high professionalism is one of the things we do better than a lot of companies out there. Um, and then just our professionalism on site when we go and record the guys, I mean, when they're out there, it's cool to watch them do their thing. And 
uh, at that level in that with that professionalism because sometimes we're going on you know we have we have a handful of skilled trades uh individual uh businesses that we go work with so like being on site you're not only working with their business but you're also a lot of times either at someone else's business or mm-hmm. at someone's home and so being able to see them work with all that um and just yeah how well they they put stuff out there and then they're open to you know ideas or revisions um but they get things done quick and and at a very high level so we talked earlier about what did video podcasting teach you about yourself? What would you say is your strongest attribute as a CEO and founder of a company compared to where you saw as a worker in a company and you're looking at your CEO in that format? What is your strongest attribute as a CEO? Yeah, I think I think a couple. I think one would be empathy. I think I do well and I, I try to have empathy with either you know the people on my team people we're working with or the people who are interested in our services understanding where they're coming from uh, when they bring an idea or a thought or a concern um, so seeing it from their perspective understanding best I can you know that perspective and, and just empathizing with it um, and then I would also say you know my ability to talk to anybody go up to anyone mm-hmm. and, and start a conversation and uh, make it seem like I've known them you know, and just help them feel comfortable. And I think those two things would be my biggest. Looking at your journey that you've been on, you've had some highs, lows and everything. Was there ever a moment you look back and you're, you had those low points, but it has helped you grow over time to where you are today? Yeah, definitely. I've had low points. Uh, I think they've all helped me to get where I am today. And a lot of it kind of goes back, you know, how we talked about my injuries early on. You know, it just it just builds that stronger mindset because we've endured and we've pushed on through. And so it's built, you know, stronger faith in me. Yep. And it's also built, you know, a stronger mindset. And I think it become a little bit more even keeled for everything. So, you know, when lows happen, I spend less time in the low. And when, when highs happen, I spend less time on the mountaintop, you know. I, I understand that this too shall pass no matter no matter what, the low or the high. And so I'm grateful for both because both, you know, have their place. Um, you know, we've lost clients, we've, you know, had lean months, we've, you know, we've done it all. We've been we've been in all of it. Um, just like a lot of people on their journeys. And so like thankful for those moments because they've they've taught different things, resiliency, they've taught, you know, maybe where we had a, a leak or where where something was wrong in our system. That we had to fix. So uh, definitely had those moments and they've, they've all been growing moments. And then when you've got super successful things happen or super good things happen, it's just a remind, reminder to be grateful. Uh, and then, you know, life will humble you and expect it to happen. So if you can stay even keeled through it all, you know, celebrate the wins, but don't stay there too long. Feel the, feel the losses, understand the, the not so good moments and, and they're real. Uh, but don't stay there too long. And so that's been that's been something really that I've learned along the journey for sure. I always feel that those low points are kind of needed to help you really kind of learn about yourself in those situations. If it's thoughts that you've had, lost of someone, or you've battling back through trauma, addictions, and all those things, those things help you grow. And you kind of talked about it where 
you take those lows and turn it into those positives and kind of get yourself out of it. Try to get back into it. Think of that, even from a company standpoint, when you have the loss of clients, it's not like the end of the world's right there. You go out there and you try to find more clients. You build it even more. So it's a very learning point that a lot of people listening will be able to relate to because they're kind of figuring out what do I do next? How do I get myself back on track or back into that positive mindset to continue the path that they're on? Yeah, it's a, it's a perspective. It's a perspective, no doubt that you have to have, you know, if you lose a client, it's okay. Why did we lose this client? Like where were they unsatisfied? What could we do better? And then, you know, Maybe they just, they lost stuff, so they don't have funds. It's like, okay, there's really not much we could have done except lower prices, which then you have to make a decision. Can we do that for that client or not? Um, and so it, 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 you know, eases the burden a little bit. Hey, you know, we could do this or we couldn't have, whatever. It is what it is. We have more space now to bring someone on who needs us. Uh, and, and so uh, just continue to move forward. If it's, you know, whatever else it is, it's perspective, you know. Why, why am I feeling that way in this moment? Why am I frustrated? Why am I upset? Why am I angry? Why am I happy? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then what's the true reality of the situation? Like it, 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 it is what it is. It's happened and, and you just take a step forward to improve and move forward. At the very beginning, you talked about how you enjoyed being outside and behind you is a Captain America shield. And I'm getting Indiana Jones vibes from the hat that's on yep. that chair. Yep. What about, is it kind of fun that you look back at, that was something you were so passionate about at a young age, and it's still something that you enjoy now, where I look back at things that I enjoyed as a kid, and I still get the joy out of it, playing it, watching it, and everything now. For sure, yeah, I think, you know, I think part of that is all about, you know, I I, I want to make a difference. I've always wanted to make a difference and, and help people in, in my own way, and but that adventure, that excitement of like the unknown. Yep. Except only only known thing really is that there's unknown out there to find and to figure out. Um, and yeah, it's fun. It's you know I I listen to some of my like pump up jams is actually like the instrumental uh, song from Avengers Endgame when Cap <laughs> is, he's standing there against Thanos's whole army before everybody comes out through the portals like that one right there. Like I'll get I'll listen to that pump myself up before a lot of things um because i visualize that i visualize you know myself you know standing up in front of whatever might be ahead of me to build this thing um and then i remember why i'm doing it for and and, then you know that indiana jones door actually my brother gave to me when i was probably not even in middle school yet and uh so it's kind of a reminder of indiana jones but also like him and, and you know everything he's done for me along the journey too so um, which is a funny story to that. The only thing I asked for my wedding, I said, when we get married and, and the pastor is introducing us, Hannah, can, as he introduces us, say, welcome them to their new adventure, have the Indiana, Indiana Jones theme song play, and my brother put the fedora on my head, and I'll carry you out of the church. <laughs> so that's the only thing I, I actually it. want. And I talked her into it eventually. She wasn't about it. but So <laughs> pastor started saying that. The song started coming on. Joe came, reached, put that on my head. Um, and I carried her out of the, out of the church to the Indiana Jones theme song. So uh, I love that. Yeah. Story of that. That is just to me, creativity. Like (laughs) you take like something 
weddings and it's kind of very traditional what it is. Yeah. And then when you add something like that, and especially it kind of matches to what you do now with um, content and kind of media group, it just shows like your personality in that. And from just hearing it, I mean, I, I can't believe I guessed Indiana Jones. And yeah. like, that was kind of like how people think you could have, someone would probably look at that hat and probably have a different kind of what they thought it would be. Yeah. But I just love that kind of fun that you had with it. Is that something now in your personal life that you look at the fun creative side? Does that give you creative power and outside of the work area? Would you yeah, say? I would say so. Yeah. Um, it's definitely, you know, my big thing when I was little was uh, I would do things. I would get chairs and some blankets and stuff and create something. And my dad would be like, what is that again? I tell me like, Oh, okay. I get, I guess I see. Any, and I was like, dad, you got to use your imagination. Like that was, <laughs> my, that was like my tagline growing up. Like you got to use your imagination. And, you know, I feel like I still kind of do that. Like, uh, you know, I imagine this business, I imagine, you know, building something and I imagine where it's going to go. And so being able to do go out there each day and be creative, I'm like, okay, let's try this. Yep. Let's try doing this. Let's okay. This works. Okay, great. Let's stick with that. And then let's try this. So yeah, it's fun. When your kids watch this episode years from now, what's the biggest thing you want them to hope that they've learned from you, from your journey and what they've been going through today? Yeah, I hope if they're watching this one day and they think about that, I hope it's uh, that to persevere uh, despite any hard challenges that they might have, anything in life they might be facing because life's not fair, uh, but you can continue to go forward and make the best positive impact that you can. And um, don't let anyone tell you what you can or can't do. Just go out and, and live your life the best you can um, and, and always try to leave it better than you found it. When you're not working, what does Chris like to do for fun? What's something maybe people don't know that you like to do? Good question. Um, I feel like I have so many like little odd things I do. Um, what would someone not know that I like to do? I I mean I I enjoy just going taking care of our chickens and turkeys. Uh, not I guess not okay. everyone knows I have that. I just like to <laughs> with them and doing that. Um, I like to read, which I not I didn't used to like to read, which is crazy, <laughs> but. I have eight, over 800 books on my shelves now. Um, I've not read them all. <laughs> I have a fascination with books, I guess, and, and just learning. Um, what else? I would say, yeah, I don't. I guess there's no, I just enjoy life, man. Whatever I can do, something new and just experiencing it. Yeah. I was waiting for you to say, since you mentioned golfing, just golfing in the I, I do like golfing. Yeah. <laughs> You like to golf. Golfing in extreme weathers. Oh, I, mean. yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I, ran, I run marathons for, for quote unquote fun without training. I don't know if that shows how crazy I am, I guess. And a little screw, screws loose for doing that. But is there like a, a special marathon race that you want to compete in or at least do to say that you did it? Yeah, I would love to do Boston. Uh, New York's on the list. I've done Chicago, Indiana, uh, the Indianapolis Marathon. I think those would be the New York and Boston would be cool to to say I've done. Um, just to, just to do those. Um, I know. I think there was one at one point. 
on the Great Wall of China, that would be a pain because I've been <laughs> on the Great Wall of China and I've looked at some of those stairs and uh, yeah, just running and when you're tired doing those, when you're tired, it'd be crazy. Uh, there is one in Petra, Jordan would be cool um, to run. I think you finish at the, um, it's it's in Indiana Jones last year's say that's where they go, <laughs> but it's, it's the big building in the wall. It's, it, the name escapes me now, um, but you run through the, the, um, the Canyon there and you come out to that in Petra. That'd be really cool. So there are a couple of places. The final question I'll ask you for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience, what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals and rise to the challenge? Hmm. Yeah. That's a great question. And you know, my pastor said, if it's not good, it's not the end. And uh, I kind of piggyback on that. If you're doing something and you're having challenges, you're having some friction, you're probably doing the right thing. Uh, because with working out, with learning anything comes challenge, comes discomfort. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to expand, if you're trying to get stronger, if you're trying to get better at something, it's going to come with challenges. So if, if it's a smooth ride, maybe reassess what you're doing um, because there should be a little friction there. Uh, but remember, though, it's not the end. Uh, if you're going through things and that your story matters again, your story matters uh, and someone might be out there waiting to hear it or they might be waiting to, to see or, or be a part of what you're creating or trying to create or thinking about creating. So don't let them miss out uh, due to fear or due to any imposter syndrome. Well, Chris, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people, and we're excited to see what the future looks like for you. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on. Tune in next time here my next guest talking about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow, subscribe, and all major platforms. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll have you take your accomplishment goals.